From Calvary Church of Santa Ana, this is the Calvary Life Podcast, the show where we share stories, laugh together, and have discussions about faith, life, and God with people from Calvary Church. Here's your host, Eric Wakeling. All right, welcome to the Calvary Life Podcast. This is Eric Wakeling, and uh, looking forward to another great conversation today and i am with one of our pastors victor mian and uh, we are very excited to have you how are you doing today victor i'm doing fantastic excited to be here thanks for the invite you got it man um so victor like we've been thinking about uh like last week we talked with courtney and mm-hmm. we talked some about her world as a black woman mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so for you can you kind of just introduce yourself of like kind of what your experience is with like you know, with your ethnicity mm-hmm. and where you coming from when you come here to Calvary Church. <laughs> sure, absolutely. Well, um, I am bilingual, bicultural. Yeah, and and that's usually how I, how, at least up to this point, decided to define my identity, my existence. Uh, my parents are from Mexico, from the state of Michoacan, mm-hmm. um, but I was born and raised here in the United yep. States. I was born in Merced, California. Uh, grew up in Livingston. So Central Valley, lots of, you know, agriculture yeah. there, lots of farming and things like that. So um, when, but, you, when did you move down here to SoCal? I moved in, uh, let's see, it was, <laughs> I must have been like 19. Okay. A year after high school. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, so all that high school kind of formative years was up in that Central Valley yes. area. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Um, yeah, then moved down here and it was supposed to be a summer program actually working with migrant children, teaching them English. Okay. Uh, and preparing them for the for the school year, um, there used to be a lot more bilingual programs back then. Okay, and um, then I just decided to stay, and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah, and you are married to your wonderful wife Armida. Yes, and she's amazing. We all love her. Oh yeah, she's she's <laughs> amazing. Uh, definitely married up there, and uh, and she kind of brought you here at some level, right? Yeah, she really, really did. Yeah, because yep. this was this has always been her home church. Mm-hmm. So uh, two years after we got married, things worked out so that I could come over here. Yeah, and so now you are like associate pastor of mm-hmm. our um, Hispanic ministry. Yes. And uh, doing an awesome job, and we really and, and people might if you if you don't recognize his voice, you've probably seen him, especially if you attend the English speaking service. You've seen Victor um, singing probably often in uh, like our all together United services. Yes. That would be a time that you just thought he was just a beautiful voice, but you didn't realize there was such an intellect behind it. <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> no, you got it, man. Uh, so okay, like. If I'd love to just hear a little bit then about your experience growing up as, so you're the son of immigrants, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And as am I, but people don't really ask me about that. Yeah, of course they wouldn't. <laughs> why, why is that? No, just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, but um, uh, it's, so you, and you've kind of like have this bicultural identity, mm-hmm. like talk to us, talk to about that. Like, what was that like growing up? Yeah, well, um. Growing up, you don't realize that you are growing up bicultural. Hmm. Um, So in other words, at home. At home, it was, um, I would say, 
typical, and even that can be broad, but a typical. Well, we all feel typical, I guess, yeah, some exactly, level, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, typical, um, and I'll say maybe a typical uh, Hispanic or Mexican family. Okay. In other words, what we ate at home, the language that we spoke. So technically, my first language is Spanish. Okay. But looking back, I don't remember a time where I didn't speak English or hmm. Spanish. So okay. you grow up bilingual. At, at part of that growing up, and and I think when I began to struggle with that identity was the more I grew up in the school system, the less Spanish I wanted to speak. Mm-hmm. The less I understood I had even a need for it, but my parents at home insisted on it, and there were consequences <laughs> if I played around with like, oh, I don't understand, you know, that kind of stuff. And my dad would go, come on, they can't understand this, you know, that kind of stuff. And it was frustrating <laughs> because I knew that my parents spoke English. Yeah. Heavy accent. Nevertheless, they spoke English. So they could understand me. That wasn't the issue, my dad would say. You are an American of Mexican descent. And... How can knowing more than one language be bad? You yeah. will speak Spanish. So part of it, you know, being a teenager and, and, and trying not to be different than, I guess, you know, the area where you live and you're growing up. But that was a struggle for many of the kids growing up, given that, like I said, it was a, a very rural agricultural area. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of immigrant workers out in the fields mm-hmm. and their their children went to school with me. So we all went to school. You know, my my parents were ultimately ever to um, able to acquire the part of the American dream. You know, yeah. dad started, uh, you know, entry-level position in sanitation and ended up being department supervisor by the time he, I was going to say graduated, but by the time he retired. Yeah. Um, uh, well, my, my, my mom, ultimately, she, she, um, got rheumatoid arthritis and then was no longer able to work. But, okay. but you know, she she would take some classes here and there and, and you know, just still continue to grow. Uh, eventually with their jobs, they ended up buying a, a restaurant in addition to that. But my dad was always working hard. He always still in the summers would work in the fields hmm. and took me along for the lesson. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. And I, you know, I struggled a lot with that because why should an American have to work in the fields? Because uh, Americans, quote unquote, don't work in the fields. Yeah. Um, and so part of that growing up, Eric, was just, again, the struggle of of even beginning to understand that I don't have to be from here or there. There's this expression Ni de aquí, ni de allá. Mm-hmm. Not from here, nor there. Yep. Um, and the other side of that wasn't just how I wanted to belong and identify and behave like the mm, main, or I don't know what to call it, you know, the... The, the majority culture. The, the majority culture, yep. thank you. Um, <clears throat> but my experience with my family, especially when I visited my family from Mexico that still live there or if they were visiting, you know, didn't fit quite with them either. Yep. So it it just, all of a sudden after a while you realize, and especially for me, because I am fair skinned. Hmm. So this experience is, I mean, your question to me, I can answer it from a very, you know, 
personal experience, but Absolutely. I know that this is going to sound weird maybe, but I know that I have um, benefited from some white privilege huh. because I may not be dark enough to suffer some of the consequences of it. Right, right, right. Um, but there's a flip side to that coin. Yeah. There's a flip side to that coin. Not white enough, not Mexican or Latino enough. Hmm. So then you realize, well, wait a minute. I don't have to be one or the other. I am both. I am maybe a new culture. Yeah. This Latino American mm-hmm. that grew up here, played tennis and football in high school, right. you know, got involved in student um, the student body and um, student government and and. And yet at the same time, we still have a lot of the other stuff that's just very um, culturally traditional, yep. you know, yep. uh, in that area, uh, having family that have ranches and we'd have charriadas and the horses and the mariachis and the, all the festivities and all that, and all that kind of, you know, it's, it's just, it's both. It's not, yeah. it, it, it was finally, you get to a point where you don't have to choose what makes people comfortable, you just are who you are. Yeah, I wonder how much of that is, because I think there's like a level of that that, okay, so I'm just trying to relate at some yeah, level. Yeah, like, absolutely. So there's a level of like, so my parents came from Sweden and England, mm-hmm. and my grandparents did and moved to Canada, and mm-hmm. then my parents came from Canada down here. Mm-hmm. But like, we think of like, my heritage is Swedish and English, and we take part in some of these cultural things, mm-hmm. right? Like we eat certain foods that are from Sweden or from England, mm-hmm. and like we have these, holiday traditions that are based around you know those those cultures Mm -hmm. and i think that's like very you know that just seems very normal to like anybody's Mm -hmm. like sort of cultural like or ethnic tradition Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and but it maybe just felt like somehow for you because i think it was it's a lot and i want you to correct me if i say something wrong but i just want to want to process this like good listening techniques Mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) um but like uh for you, I think it's just it's a lot different in the sense that you can feel other than the majority culture. And so like there's like a maybe is there a sense of like we come together to experience this thing that is our roots, whereas like, I don't know, I just might have some Swedish meatballs on Christmas Eve mm-hmm. and it's not doesn't affect my day to day life as as much to mm-hmm. be sort of thought of as as different or something, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm trying to like get there because there's parts of it that's like that's true to everyone's yeah. potentially to everyone's. Yeah, yeah, potential to everyone. Yeah. Um, However, it's it's kind of interesting. So, to help you and and help me process this still. So, what was your primary language? Right. Exactly. My I didn't speak Swedish in the home. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So exactly. And so many times, just just, I think just in general, how we visually uh, discriminate or or visually. bubble people in you know put people in bubbles like sometimes you don't understand like yep. not all white people are from the same origin right right um yet on a questionnaire my race is also white uh-huh right? i know that's always a kind yeah, of yeah it's always a, like yeah. A, a, yeah okay head scratcher <laughs> like what, what is that yes um and so there is no struggle of it, it's almost it's almost more comfortable to fit in the in the big bubble of of white uh-huh um it doesn't become a struggle. It's when you are entering yes. from the outside yes. in, whatever the culture may be. But yeah. in this case, it's it's bringing in the non-white into the yeah. mainstream. Absolutely. And that's where some of the conflict um, happens. Yep. Now, 
my experience has been that most of the conflict is unintentional. Hmm. And then, of course, there's just some flat out that is really intentional. Right. You know, when right. somebody, you know, points out what makes you different culturally. Right. Rather than you know, what makes you more the same. Exactly. And that's where the experiences just completely diverge of yeah. like, sure, I, we all have these sort of like rooted cultural traditions, mm-hmm. but then I've never been sort of, I've never had a discriminating or a uh, sort of a, or someone being mean to me, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. I've never had anyone uh, be mean to me for being Swedish. Right. 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 Yeah. And um, nor did they even care to ask if where, you know, what mm-hmm. what European country am I from? You know, that right. was never someone's even thought. Yeah. Um, and, and so I guess I need to sort of even frame, even though we're about 12 minutes into this, but just frame a little bit of just like, OK, so in light of who you are in your background, like and, and kind of kind of what I was wanting to accomplish today a little bit mm-hmm. here is. Um, so we've been seeing everything that's been happening in, in these last mm. days with protests and people that are very uh, rightly upset mm-hmm. about how black people have been treated. Um, and we're seeing these stories in the news mm-hmm. uh, from uh, George Floyd to Ahmaud Arbery to uh, Chris Cooper to just and, and others. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've seen these things and and these like at least a lot of these things happened because these people were black or because mm-hmm. of racism as, as part of that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so what I was also wanting to be able to dig into a little bit today, because we live in Orange County and because our church is in Santa Ana, mm-hmm. especially that quite frankly, like demographically, um, there, there aren't as many African-Americans in right. our area just be, just because of our area. But even right. but Santa Ana, I mean, I haven't looked recently, but it's something like 80% like Latino, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, like, that's correct. And so that's like a that's a huge majority, actually, right. like right. a massive majority. Yes. Um, although I don't know if my guess would be I don't know how much people like Latino people feel like a majority in like the sense of power or whatever that mm-hmm. might be mm-hmm. maybe in Santa Ana specifically, but I don't mm-hmm. know how much in our whole like County and region. Right. So right. I was wanting this to say like, okay, it feels like it would be good to me to kind of get in, into a little bit of what is, um, what is like the Latino experience or perspective on some of this, you know? Um, so I was just like, how have you, like, as you've seen some of these events that have happened, um, that are, you know, in the news, at least these are with black people, but Mm -hmm. how does that kind of like affect you as a Latino man, as you watch this? Yeah. Well, you know, I think, you know, like what you said a little bit earlier, Mm -hmm. a lot of us are responding. A lot of us are, are, are connecting with anger, frustration, sadness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't even imagine, you know, I, I have had some, experiences with being discriminated against but i can't even imagine the the constant fear Mm -hmm. that a person would live in you know when you're gonna you know you you get pulled over there is no thought in your mind that it could be just routine or just like oh you know okay let's just get over with you know officer i'm completely yeah i was i ran the stop sign just give my ticket and you know yep i've you know i have been pulled over a couple times and and it's it's a non-issue but to hear the experience of many mm-hmm. and then to see it, you know, with, with so much video now yeah. to, to the ugly has always been there, but we're seeing it live Yeah, and it is raw and it is absolutely 
horrific. Hmm. And it does trigger then all experiences of discrimination, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So while I personally have not been discriminated against that at that level, mm-hmm. it just kind of, uh, you know, it's a sense of like hopelessness. You know, we think we're moving forward better as a country, as a nation, as people. And then you wonder, are, are we are we making any any progress at all? Mm-hmm. And, and, and how far would this go if, if we didn't stand up? Yeah. And and you know, and just speak against it. Yep, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I mean, so 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 yeah. When when my wife and I watch this, it just it, it, it angers us. We talk about it almost daily. We have to process it, um, you know. And even Armida and I, we 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 respond to it a little bit differently because she's darker than I am, uh-huh. and she has had the experience where she is followed. At a store, you know, when when uh, when she's been shopping before a mall, whatever, she's she notices she's being followed, like a security person yes. kind of thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. And 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 I haven't. Yeah. But I know that that's I know that that's real. I know that those are our experiences. And so to see it at this extreme, what the African American community is suffering, it is it is something that we need to put a stop to. It, but the question is how. Yeah. Right. And that's what adds to the frustration, the the helplessness. I mean, it is sin at its worst. Sure. You know, the nature of, of mankind. Mm-hmm. And um, and sadly, Eric, I think that it breaks my heart when those hints of discrimination come up in people of faith or people who call themselves, you know, that identify as people of faith, identify as Christians. Um, yeah. And, you know, I'd like to think that when that comes up, it's just completely innocent and just a lack of awareness. Um, but sometimes, you know, it yeah. isn't. Sometimes it's just flat out ugly. Yeah. But I'm American, therefore I'm Christian, therefore I'm, no, it doesn't work like that. Right. So for you, it's not as much like, and so I get that, like where it's not, it's not in the same way yeah. as it would be for our, our black brothers and sisters, yeah. especially with the kind of the, the police pullover kind of stuff. Yeah. But like, so for you and not just for you personally, but maybe what you feel like you or, or your friends or family, just people like what kind of like what kind of stuff is it that that would set you off in this that you see happening in the news or just or you, you hear of events that happen to people um, that are that are Latino? Um, well, for one in general, it's it's uh, it's the differences that we see. Um, when crimes are committed uh-huh. and the swiftness, I guess, in which um, uh, African-Americans or Latinos yeah. or, you know, people of other uh, countries, um, you know, in which they get prosecuted. Just it doesn't seem like the system is fair, whereas um, it seems like white Americans um the 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 system works in their favor hmm. you know the 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 um, uh, you know how long it takes to get arrested for example uh you know they they've just been given so much benefit of doubt uh and then when the charges are applied and in the jail terms and all that kind of stuff it's just it just doesn't compare yeah and people of darker skin and I'm going to you know in latinos as well just get it harsher yeah that's the that's the bottom line. There is there there is there is it, it doesn't compare. It's just it's just different. Yeah. 
for sure, for yeah. sure. Um, and so, you know, there's there's a lot of dialogue, a lot of conversation, a lot of just trying to process as I speak with other Latino members from church and especially some of our young adults. Um, you know, just Sunday morning, we had a chat about that before service with some of our young adults and they're praying and they're they're in tears. Hmm. They're crying at how heavy this is mm -hmm. and just desperately wanting the Lord to intervene and to do something because, yeah. the, you know, it is, you know, our government can't seem to fix it. Our, our government, you know, I, I don't I don't know what the solution ultimately is going to be for this. Yeah. Um, but it's. It's heartbreaking. It is. It's hard. I don't. Yeah, that's definitely one of the hard things for me is I don't feel like um, I have like just all these like things. And a lot of times you see an issue and you think, ah, oh, if only they do this, mm -hmm. it, you know, I might not have any like ability to take part in helping because who yeah. am I? But like, mm -hmm. if only they would do this. Yeah. But like, I don't know what the what the if only they do really is. Yeah. Um, at, at some level, obviously, it's it's a lot of part of why I've tried to preach a lot of like how we see one another mm -hmm. and how we value one another and love one another. And, you know, try to obviously as a pastor, there's certain things I can do and advocate for, Absolutely. but, um, just even trying to be willing to be a voice for some of this stuff, uh, in a church like ours. Yeah. And, um, so I also like, uh, on Sunday I talked about, um, I'd read from a friend this definition of justice. Uh, justice was being is willing to make someone else's problem your problem mm. to stand for justice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, and that's what God did: is that God came down and made our sin problem His problem. That's right. That's and then right. He dealt with it. And in that same way, we see our brother uh, or our sisters like mm -hmm. see their problem, and we want to make it our problem. So, if that's yeah. right now, in like in our cultural moment, it's it's our black brothers and sisters out there that are that are suffering and they're hurt and they're angry. And, um, and in the midst of that, though, it's also recognizing uh, here in, mm -hmm. in our location is thinking about, for me, thinking about our, our Latino brothers and sisters that I want to know. It's just, hey, like, I want to... I, I want to say, like, I will be willing to, and this is not me, this is more universal, like, I will be willing sure, to make sure, your problem course. my problem. Um, and I think it's cool, like, I've just seen uh, even some, like, different people kind of, whether it's, like, from Asian cultures or Latino cultures kind of saying, like, even, like, brown is here for black kind of thing, you know, mm -hmm, brown mm -hmm. standing for black. And yes. it's just kind of cool, yeah. like, that sense of solidarity. Um, Absolutely. And, and recognizing though, I think like there's definitely uh, my assumption. And so I'm always trying to state my assumptions that they are assumptions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. You, you yeah. get in trouble less often that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but is that, uh, it's easier, let's say for you to understand what people are going through right now than it is for me. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I don't know, you know, and, and maybe you would think that then that other person, as you've referred to with darker skin than you kind yeah. of, is easier for them to understand as well, or somebody that's had maybe a harder experience than you or something, you yes, know? Yes, absolutely. I, I gosh, I mean, I, I really do love and appreciate that you take the time to, to have these chats because that's, you know, there's so much we can't do, but they're, we're, we're not supposed to take on the whole, you know, the whole weight of it, but this is how we share, yeah. I care for you. Yeah. I stand with you. The, just to have the conversations and to, to, to initiate the conversations and, and, and to know that the conversation is never over. 
Yes. It's a conversation that is continual and just checking in aware. I think, you know, it is absolutely the responsibility of the church to get involved yeah. uh, uh, in a way that we demonstrate that we care. We're making your problem my problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and I love the way that, yeah, you, you tied into the, to, to the gospel, to Jesus. He came down um, yeah. and took upon himself our problem. Uh, he didn't have to, right. but he did it. Right. And he lives with, within us. And that's kind of what I mean. Where, you know, if we're really in Christ, we should respond or at least know or be willing to, uh, you know, one way of responding is just engaging in a conversation. Yep. Yep. You know, exactly. May, maybe you're not comfortable in, in some of these marches and some of these protests and, and or maybe you're not comfortable to to engage in a, in a podcast or whatever, but engage in the conversation. Be praying. Yeah. Their problem is our problem. Yep. I think p- people intentionally praying about this whole issue is really vital. I think um, a, lot of, a lot of us don't think about praying for this stuff. Mm-hmm. I think um, we, I don't know, we think about praying for people we know that are sick sure. or aren't saved. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Or yeah. if like yeah. somebody doesn't have, like if somebody doesn't have what they need to provide for their family or something yeah. like that, we mm-hmm. pray. But like when it comes to reconciliation between people, you know, between one, mm-hmm. one man and another man or, yeah. uh, and f- between ethnicities or in our mm-hmm. strife in our world, let's pray into that. Yeah. I think is so huge. Have you, let me ask you another question. Have you experienced, um, where, where people sort of try to explain away or debate away your experience and how you feel about something, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it just comes, you know, sometimes I'm not aware till after I walk away from yeah. that encounter. It's like, whoa, what just happened? <laughs> that was, <laughs> you know, the more I think about it, the more um, just wrong it is. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when I have tried to and, and, you know, here's the the funny, not so funny side of it. I've had people try to explain away my experience from both sides. Okay. Talk about that. Let's hash like it I, I yeah, said, yeah, Well, yeah. yeah, you know, I had said a little earlier, um, not white enough, not yeah. Mexican enough. And you don't have much of an accent or anything, you know? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except sometimes. I was told I had an accident once. I was like, what? <laughs> a what? Oh, okay. Thanks. Um, but sometimes it's people meaning well, uh-huh. and they'll say, um, I, I don't know, let's say I'm in a public forum of some sort or whatever, and this could be... Uh, you know, uh, working for a company or working somewhere or, yeah. you know, and, and, and somebody will walk up and greet you and they're really nice. You know, they're um, they're white American. And they walk up to me and they'll say, um, wow, how surprising. I would have never guessed that you're Mexican huh. or Latino. Yeah. Uh, you're not like the others. Oh, boy. And so. um you know, it's just a moment. They, they're they're smiling. They're super nice. I mean, they just you know. And I do want to engage in the conversation, but I, I I just there's this moment of like, do I say thank you or do I say what in the world are you? Yeah. You know, what are you trying to say, Willis? You know. Um, yeah, that's a real thing. You know, I I would assume that's got to be pretty offensive at some level. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so then I want to you know, I have been fortunate enough to just kind of lean on the side of this is an opportunity, Victor, just Mm. engage in the conversation. Mm. Um, 
So I'm usually not one who will lash out immediately. <laughs> yeah. But I will say, oh, you know, it just engage you. Oh, well, why, why did you not think I was Mexican or Latino? And just kind of engage in the conversation. And then, and again, usually it's a friendly conversation. And I'll let them know, um, you know, when you make a comment like that, it's actually very offensive because it's kind of implying this and this. And yeah, usually, most of the time, I'll get an apology like, oh, that was not my intention. I'm so sorry, yeah. or whatever. But there have been times where, oh, really? Just come on, get over it. Oh, wow, yeah. Well, I would have, I mean, I had gotten over it until you brought it up. Yep. Until you brought up that feeling, that that awkwardness, you know. Um, and so sometimes you can't, you can't get over it because you are constantly being asked questions. Uh, and again, even in innocence. But... Um, you know, some of them we, we, some of them have even become like jokes, like "Oh, you're Mexican." Oh, wow. You know, do you know Jose? Oh, gosh. Uh, you know, as well, uh, about a thousand of them. You know, right, and, and just right. because I'm Mexican, does that mean that I have to know x amount of people like we all know each other? Right. And yeah, I mean, part of that experience is, as you are very well aware, um, a, a huge extended family dynamics. To say familia for me, it it doesn't just stop with my address, my home, you know, my, my wife and, and, and children yep. to say family for me is the extended familia hmm. and, and very much. So you grow up with your extended familia oftentimes as if they were, you know, another mom or another brother or another, you know, you're, they're your extended cousin, they're your cousins or, you know, whatever there. We just don't really look into the term or idea extended much. Yeah. It's yeah. just part of the family network. Yeah. So, you know, these expressing to people that, again, just in, in, when, when I had mentioned, I, you know, I'd visit Mexico yeah. and I was called out on not using proper terminology, you okay. know, or using Spanglish. Okay. That's like a death sentence, you know, <laughs> and, and you get what in the world is that? And, you know, da, 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 and then you have to explain it. Um, <laughs> and and then it's like, oh, come on. You know, no, no te hagas. Don't pretend. Yeah. Oh, you're trying to be all. You're trying to be all white. You're trying to be better than us uh, because anything white or anything American is auto- obviously automatically thought of as better. Which that should be offensive because that's kind of what both are saying. Yes. That's what the person saying you you don't seem mm-hmm. you don't seem Mexican. Yes. They're they're implying yeah white is better. Exactly. And then in Mexico, let's they're also implying the they same thing. They also are implying the same thing. Yeah. So again, that's part of that by cultural experience uh and you know developing you know your 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 language developing your your ideas your your identity your culture is just you know it's just a challenge of its own right you're caught um, in the middle yeah and and so you're caught in the middle of the opinions of both sides and they minimize or don't recognize well of course how are they going to if if you're just living it you're not going to be able to understand it. And that's why we need to be willing to make everyone else's problem or experience part of ours, at least being able to, to share and listen and understand. Yeah. Do you think what, what aspects of being for you, a Mexican American, like and what aspects of that do you think that white people let's, you know, it could be like white people at Calvary church or whatever, mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. do most people like not, uh, what, what are they blind to? What are they not seeing? You know, in what way are they not 
seeing you correctly? Do you feel like, I know it's kind of general, I know it's generalities. Yeah, well, you know, let me, let me, let me try to narrow it down. I'll say, you know, uh, it was in my mid twenties that, uh, the Lord saved me. Mm -hmm. Um, but as a young adult, I already kind of had a lot of, you know, formed ideas, including my identity and my frustration with that identity. It was freeing. And I really took it to, to say, you know what? My identity now is in Christ. Yeah. And while I can't, no matter how much I try, I can't make ethnicity culture go away. Right. I do. And this is just completely personal. I do tend to try to push it away and just hold on to, you know, Jesus, I know Jesus. That's what I'm going to hold on to. Yep. And then that helps me to tolerate the frustrations that can be with, that I may have cultural, you know, frustrations or, or misunderstandings or, or discrimination that I can have with other believers because I want to start there. Let's just hold on to the cross while we work this out. Let's yeah. let's go yeah. ahead and duke it out. Let's go ahead and argue about it. Let's go ahead, but we're going to hold on to the cross. And at the end of the day, at the end of this conversation, we must still be one in Christ. Hmm. Um, you know, your previous podcast and talking about you know who we are as a church and 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 the different you know thoughts about you know convictions about coronavirus and all that. We 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 must strive to not let this divide the church. Yeah. Yeah. And therefore, um, how to truly let the world know that we are followers of Christ because of the love that we have for one another, because a willingness to engage, yep. um, others. So I have also said that from the pulpit, from our Hispanic services, our Spanish speaking services. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I've said it up there like, Every culture discriminates another culture. And within the cultures, there's discrimination. Within the Latino culture, there's discrimination against blacks. Right. Black Latinos. Darker skinned Latinos. Yeah. And then the the whiter your skin gets, the more privilege there there is. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, having that conversation even within just us, as you well know, we have our Hispanic ministry here, but it's quite diverse. Yeah. I think the last time I counted, there's like seven different countries represented there. Okay. So we don't speak Mexican over there. We speak Spanish. <laughs> and then that Spanish that we speak, there's variations of that depending on where people are from. Oh, uh, yeah, of course. You know? And so on a regular basis, I have experienced and managed and learned the diversity within the Hispanic culture. Okay. And that can sometimes be complicated. I may use a word that is not the best word for something, you know, even from the pulpit, but I just, oh, I didn't realize that in Venezuela, this is, you know, in Argentina, this is, oh, in Peru, you know, and you just go on and on with all these different things. Like, oh, wow. Is there some then general word that you're supposed to use instead of like the strictly Mexican or whatever? That's what I eventually start learning. Okay. What is some of the general terms? (laughs) Yeah. And, and for the most part, there is a general vocabulary, you know, general Spanish, which, you know, all the Latino countries, all the Hispanic countries, they, they've, Obviously, we know the, right. the language came from Spain. Yes. Espanol, Castellano. <laughs> uh, but nobody speaks Castilian. They speak another version of Spanish, just like the different versions of English that we speak here yeah, in, in exactly. the United States. Um, 
But uh, so as we engage with one another and realize and recognize, be willing to recognize, uh, and again, that's one of the things that I've appreciated about you, just, you know, here we are, Calvary Church of Santa Ana, and I think we've come a long way. Yeah. Uh, you know, at least I've seen it since I've been here at Calvary. I think it's six years now. Gosh. Um, <laughs> but we are becoming better together. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Some of the misconceptions that there may have been. You know, yeah. we were together, but we were separate, kind of, not only as in Samzik Chapel and Worship Center. We were separate in our hearts. Uh-huh. We were separate in our identity. Yep. Uh, but we're beginning to truly, you know, you're challenging us to truly remember that our identity is in Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Our bond is in Christ. What we have more alike than different mm-hmm. because of Christ. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. While still completely loving, like you should be able to completely love that you are like that your parents were born in Mexico and came here yeah. in the same way that I love, absolutely love my Swedish heritage. I think it's so cool, you yeah, know? Yeah, and absolutely. And so, but like, and that, like, that's awesome for us to have those differences, yeah. but with that massive banner of Jesus Amen. and the Amen. gospel over, absolutely. you know, over that, but yeah. like, we shouldn't have to remove any of that. And that's why it's like, maybe you should just be able to speak in your, whatever the Mexican words are in Spanish mm-hmm. because that's who you are yeah. and yeah. someone from Venezuela could know that, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and, Hey, and it's and been, a, cool. it's been something to get, to get, kind of get used to for all of us. I think now yeah. no longer being the new guy, it's just, okay. You know, he is who it is, who he is. Yeah. And, and yeah. little by little people have been able to see who I am in Christ. But at the beginning, hmm. you know, of transitioning here, yeah. there was that frustration. You know, sure. I experienced some very clear frustrations just in general being here, you yeah. know, again, with with in dealing with the Hispanic ministry and then dealing with the mainstream ministry, the English speaking. Right, ministry. The English speaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know you've you've experienced some whether that's discrimination or just some treat being treated differently, even here by people with some mm-hmm. comments here and there and stuff. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. and and that can be that can be really hard. I'm yes. sure. Yeah. To uh, the. Yes, definitely. Um, and I, I want to just, even before I get into a little bit more into that, I want to just say that whether it was immediate or I had to process it and come back, uh-huh. I'm glad that we were able to have a conversation and resolve each issue that I've had yeah, yeah, here. Yeah. But I really do believe that the some of the experiences that I, you know, that I encountered were maybe unintentional. They're, they weren't meant um, with somebody trying to be hurtful. Right. But I think they just, some of them express a general frustration on their part. Um, so, for example, um, one experience where, you know, Ileana and I are speaking Spanish because we are talking about a couple of things regarding the Hispanic service in the bulletin. And then you're surprised when somebody says to you, would you please speak Spanish? Would you please speak English? 
you're in America. Right. You need to speak English. And so. And I like lost my mind when I heard that. Just, yeah. Just so yeah. everyone knows. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And and if I share this and if I share this, I want to say yeah. that, um, you know, because one of the things that might come like you're, oh, my gosh, who? Right. You know, the, right. the who isn't going to matter. I want to talk about just, yes. you know, the fact that that even comes up. Yep. And especially from such a loving person. And so I was doubly shocked in that, number one, it was even put out there. And number two, that, you know, by who it was put out there. There were hugs and tears and kisses after. Yes. Okay. So, um, you know, just one of the most beautiful people in Christ. But I want to speak to that. That, you know, where that came from. What was the trigger for her? What is, you know, what was... You know, there's there's something genuine, something real about her experience. And so we just kind of talked about that. And she said, you know, some things in the conversation like, well, I'm just tired of, you know, well, you know, my family had to learn English and, you know, but OK, I could see where she was coming from. Yeah, I wow. could see that where she was coming from. But, you know, at the end, we resolved. It's like, you know what? But can you just give me. And and my experience, a little time to maybe catch up. Like it'll have to be a few generations before the original languages or native languages get erased, and that happens. You know, they're they're you know, they, um, America we know is founded on immigration. You right, know, right. On, on immigrants from all over the world. Totally. And eventually, you do you do have, as you do today, Latinos who do not speak one word of Spanish. They don't know how. They were never taught. Right. And so that's, uh, I guess, inevitable because right. it takes work to say, no, we want to maintain the right. roots and the culture. And but the it's language. not the goal or anything like that. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so it was a, it was kind of neat to be able to engage with this person and say, well, yeah, you know, my so and so and this family and, you know, they didn't speak and it was, you know, blah, blah. And so I guess for me, I've never had that struggle. So to me, but all of a sudden I thought, well, what's the big deal? Why can't you just speak English? You're in America. But now you reminded me why. She says, because my parents... You know, it's like, oh, well, there you go. And so it's just kind of reconnecting people to the humanness and, and the humanity of it all. And, and yep. the experience that we all, you know, e- even the subculture of Christianity, learning the lingo and all that kind of stuff with that, you know. It's a big subculture, too. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. What, what that meant yeah. for me as I came to Christ and all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of, you know, uh, an example. And, and, and for the most part, my experience at Calvary has been, you know amazing yeah but even those unfortunate encounters um they're they're with purpose you know the 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 lord has been able to to give purpose to those so it's not just something mean you know yeah and and hateful yeah and that's and it's also i mean i know that it's been sometimes we've had to like have some good like back and forth when it comes to putting together some of our combined services and you know and does it just feel like well just have have uh the spanish-speaking people come Mm-hmm. They've got translation, and then nothing else has to change, right? right like right, just right, right. come experience English service with translation. Yes, but you know we've tried to, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes we do better than others, like anything. But right, right. Um, but like it's it's a challenge to try and figure some of that stuff out, you yeah, know. And so yeah. how do you come together without like? And it's very easy too, I would think for for me as the pastor of the English speaking service and of the whole church. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But um, but to kind of like. That's like one of these like 
majority culture kind of situations where you're like, well, no, that majority culture mm-hmm. has the, the kind of power to do what we want, yeah. you know, in yeah. that setting. Yeah. And, um, and, and like, there's some still, there's some still needed humility to be learned along the way. And I think we're making, you know, baby steps mm-hmm. in that. But, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I think like our people are much more like open to, you know, how those services go, you know, it's yeah. not like the kind of thing where, why are we doing this? Or, you know, mm-hmm. I don't, we don't get, we get comments on a lot of things, Victor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we get comments on a lot. We never get comments like, why are we doing these, mm-hmm. you know, these services yeah. with all the Spanish on the screen or yeah. whatever, you yeah. know, it's like, no, no, no. Or, or why are we singing those songs in Spanish? And yeah. we don't get any of those comments, which is awesome. Cause yeah, I think it is awesome. Like, you know, that's like a symbol of, of growth. Mm-hmm. And yeah. No, I've gotten some excellent feedback. Yeah. Some excellent feedback, um, you know, and again, I would say excellent feedback in that when somebody after the service would walk up to me in the lobby and they might say, wow, I didn't realize your English was so good. Um, <laughs> I know from their heart they meant it as a compliment <laughs> yeah. because then they hug me, you know, pre-COVID. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they would hug me and they would say, oh, and you just, it was so beautiful when you were singing in Spanish and and, you know, and so there was just all complimentary yeah. and I just kind of let it go. Yeah. I don't want to ruin the moment of we're connected. That person was blessed. Yeah. You know, I, you know, you kind of choose your battles. Yeah. But it's the assumption was that because I'm the, from the Hispanic ministry. Yeah. You know, uh, no hablo inglés. Right? right. I mean, no speak English. So <laughs> it was. One of those, but that, but that's OK. Yeah. Because this person was trying to. Right. Um, really communicate to me how beautiful the unity of their service was. Yeah. And, and, um, and this was an older person, yep. you know, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, I, but it was just, it was, it was, her heart was just so, so pure at that moment. So absolutely. beautiful that, yeah. and again, I just let it go, but it, it was just kind of like a, you know, it's out there, but it's complimentary still. It's, yeah. it's, it's unifying our hearts. Exactly. And I think that's maybe though in the midst of that, I think is something that I think can help, uh, some of the people that look like me out there listening to this, mm. um, I think the thing that's hard to understand is just how even in these like really good moments, there can be these things that are just part of a pile that's building. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think sometimes like that single moment might not be this like huge issue. Yeah. But I think a little bit of even what we're, I think a lot of what we're seeing out right now in the world um, with just these protests erupting is that it's like there's been so many things being added to the pile yes. from small things to to really, really big things. Yes. And like it's like then all of a sudden there comes a point where the pile got too big and it's a Jenga stack that's yeah, that's toppling over. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, a, a great word picture, Eric, because it does build up. And even when, like I said, I'm, I'm just sharing kind of like the choices I make at that given yeah. moment. But the 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 frustration is definitely real you know that is a hundred times over Mm -hmm. it wasn't just one i oh yeah that one time you know it happens a lot you know uh um you know pre-christ and after you know i remember one time not having to do with anybody from calvary i was invited to a family's home for thanksgiving Uh, i wasn't married yet and so, uh, you know, you're going to go to visit your parents. I'm not, well, you know what? Why don't you come home, you know, to our house? Mm-hmm. Okay. It was one of the most uncomfortable ex- uh, Thanksgiving experiences in my life. Um, yet we were all smiling and laughing and enjoying each other's company at the same, you know, but it was just 
awkward. It was almost like the family, and again, the older. At the end, my friend was so apologetic. Um, <laughs> she was so embarrassed. And I said, well, you know what? Don't, don't, don't apologize for your family. I, I'd rather them ask the questions. But, you know, it's just, it's even the silly light stuff that is kind of heavy when it piles on. Yeah. That's why I like, you know, what you were saying. It piles on, it piles on. You know, I couldn't just enjoy the 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 friendship or the gathering and and the dinner because I had to explain um you know honey well what do your people eat right. for Thanksgiving right. so right. hmm well you know it, it's an American holiday so uh <laughs> turkey and gravy and yeah, you know yeah, yeah. um and so just like like a lot of that and it, oh you know after a while it just it's exhausting yes um and so then of course you have the heavy stuff and that's where it goes immediately from exhausting or frustrating to anger. Yeah. Yep. Because enough is enough. Yeah. You know, um, you see the, you know, just the, the nasty bite of ugly at its worst, yep. of sin at its worst. It's just hatred. Yes. And I'm sure you see that most often. It's kind of, I think, comes out in whatever people think about you know, immigration laws and all mm -hmm. of that kind of stuff, but you can see where people get really devalued in the immigration conversation, I think. Yes. Um, and so that seems to be where this is what happens a lot. I think in this whole issue is that there can be like a side or there's an issue, an aligning issue. I don't mean it's like off to the side, but it's, yeah. a, it's an issue that comes with like mm -hmm. racism or discrimination or, or just someone's ethnicity. Mm -hmm. And then there's an issue like policing or, um, or immigration or, um, what, I don't, I don't know, could, you know, any, any other kind of issue like that. Mm -hmm. And then people think they're just having a conversation about policing and it's like, no, 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 no. There's so much more oh, yeah. to this than just it's you can as a white person i can as a white person say have a conversation and have it just be about policing sure but for for a black person or or anyone you mm -hmm. know that's from a different like more minority culture mm -hmm. it's like you can't you can't separate those things no. and that's as much as it's such a triggering word that people hate but that's the the whole thing of privilege you know right. where like right. i have that ability to be able to separate those conversations or have an immigration conversation and you know, my parents are immigrants mm -hmm. and they came from Canada and there were no problems and they assimilated right. instantly. And, you know, yeah, like, yeah. so it wasn't like, you know, I, I try to even talk to my dad about that sometimes. Like, <laughs> uh, dad, it's like, it's different. People had it a, a lot harder now. The process is a lot harder than it was in the fifties or whatever, yes. you know, yeah, uh, from Canada. Mm -hmm. And so it's, um, I just think like when it comes to even this sort of cultural moment of like these protests and stuff how can we get and I, I want to ask you like how can we get ourselves to understand the heart and mind of the protester rather than sort of just judging it on oh they're looting or there's these things happening and it's so easy to kind of like dismiss the core issue because of these things happening that that aren't good but they're like yeah. results of that that pile being toppled over yeah you know well <clears throat> I, I think and I don't know if this is you know the best answer but we must return back to the humanity of it all. <laughs> Politics aside. Yeah. Politics aside. Um, you know, yes, we need to follow laws. And yes, you know, because sometimes the argument is like, well, but they did this or did they, you know, it's how we treat each other yeah. as human beings. 
And that includes our willingness to engage in conversation. Yeah. I must be willing to not necessarily abandon my thoughts, but listen yeah. well, listen lovingly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Lord wants our minds to be transformed, yeah. right? By the renewing of our hearts with the word of God. And the word speaks into that stuff. And so for the church, and when I say church, I mean based on how you've defined it for us. Yeah. The one body, the one church that we are in Christ. Absolutely. Has nothing to do with language or culture or, you know, ethnicity and all that. Kind of, I mean, it, well, nothing to do and everything to do. But my point is that we must be willing to engage in conversation, be willing to pause if we need to, and continue the conversation. Amen. To not, even if we're offended and we get frustrated, we must let love and the word of God be above it all. Mm-hmm. We have to, because there is no other, there exactly. is no, no, no other way. Yeah. And that's where I think for a majority culture person to, you have to earn the right to give your perspective mm. on another person's experience. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you hear that? Like, so like if another person has a, has an experience that they have, they have lived through and it's caused them pain your pers- your perspective about some stat that you learned, you know, mm, that right. sort of debates and tries to disprove their experience. Yeah, yeah. Like that that should have nothing to do with the conversation. Exactly. And if it if it's going to have anything to do with the conversation, it's after three or four conversations, you know, like yeah. that, and you've really listened and learned and grown, sure. and then it's like, okay, now help me understand why mm-hmm. I think X, you know, yeah. or why I learned this. Yeah. And, um. But it feels like majority culture people tend to, um, because that's it's a position of power, it's a position of control, it's a mm-hmm. position that's like of influence, and you know it, it tends to want to want to dominate the conversation instead of listening. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of power in those words that you just used if they are genuine. Help me understand. Yep, yep. Help me understand. There's humility there in mm-hmm. those words. I mean, again, assuming it's genuine, yeah, you know, that, sure. that you really, okay, help me to understand. I really want to listen. But there's a lot that's, you know, getting in, you know, that, that internal dialogue, the preconceived, you know, notions of the prejudices, you know, those things. I've, gotta, I've got to, you know, kind of swim through all that so I can listen well. So please help me. Yeah. And, and, and lay it out on the table. Mm-hmm. I, I really want to learn. I really want to grow. And, and these are some of the thoughts. I'm afraid to say them, but they're some of the thoughts that I have. But yeah. I'm willing to say that some of them can be incorrect. Yep. And so please help me to understand. Yeah, that's so important. And I know it's it's not going to be comfortable. No. <laughs> I've been part of some of these sort of like bridging reconciliation conversations. Mm-hmm. And it's very uncomfortable for for me as the white man. Mm-hmm. And it's like, whoa. And even so, even if some are from, from a African-American perspective or from even, or a, a Latino American mm-hmm. perspective, like there's some things that, 
like have happened historically mm -hmm. that are like reasons why stuff is happening today yeah. and people are very angry about it and hurt and they'll they're going to tell you yeah. so if you say help me understand <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Be, ready be ready to be ready to like oh shoot like yeah. these people are mad and maybe yeah. even mad it feels like they're mad yeah, at me, me. Mm -hmm. and you need to be able to receive it absolutely and it's not it's hard yeah <laughs> yeah no absolutely i mean it is it is extremely difficult because at the end of the day, we are all responsible. Yeah. If we don't, you know, if, if we take on and share the responsibility, okay, we're going to take the bull by the horns, you know, we're, we're going to get in there. It's going to get dirty. It's going to get, you know, painful a couple times. So, you know, yeah. but even if I shy away from it, that doesn't take away my responsibility in it. Right. Right, exactly. Um, I have um, prayed for you so much when I see, you know, that you've been, when you post certain things or since yeah. you started the podcast, um, because I understand what you are saying, you know, as a white person that, you know, coming, you know, bringing these topics up, like, yeah. why are you stirring the water? Like, you yeah, know, yeah, what's yeah. your problem? Um, no, you know. I, I appreciate it so much and you're willing to take the good with the bad. You know, you're willing to, to just put it out there. And, and again, conversations that are not going to go perfect conversations that will have part two and three totally. and, and, and then not just having conversations, but little by little, how we're behaving. Yes. You know, again, yes. The, the, the United services, every opportunity that we have to come to be, to show the world more than mm -hmm. anything and to learn for ourselves and show the world we are one church in Christ. Yeah. Uh, and of course, we're not going to be a, a, a perfect people within that church of Christ, which is why we need Christ. Exactly. Um, but it's when we are mean, disrespectful, inconsiderate of one another that the Holy Spirit would prompt us mm -hmm. because it is our practice. Mm hmm. To become aware it is our practice these conversations may you know the holy spirit will use them to, to stir in somebody and say you know what i just need to be more mindful yeah and maybe for some people is not be so defensive mm -hmm. for some people is not be so withdrawn um you know whatever the case may be yeah uh insisting on these conversations are good yeah these conversations are not meant to put anyone down right um, even again, just remembering what scripture says, you know, we're going to, uh, look at the speck in our brother's eye and not worry, you know, not be right. aware of the, of the plank in our own, you know, so it's not about judgment, right? But it's about calling things and getting to know things for what they are. Yeah. And I sometimes maybe go to a fault to, to just kind of, uh, because I don't even know how to process it myself. It's just all sin and all ugly. Yeah. Well, yeah, but until Christ returns, <laughs> or or you know, until each one of us is called when our time is up, what are we doing here? Yeah, exactly. Right? What we you know? How are we evangelizing? How yeah. are we you know? So remember when you said, um, you know, it may not be as natural for us to pray about these issues. Yeah. It, we kind of need to condition ourselves that when we do our ten o two prayer. Yeah. These issues are included uh -huh, uh -huh. because at the end of the day, and I don't want to over-spiritualize, but the only answer is the gospel. 
Because yeah. even when we have the gospel, yeah. we still ha- kind of have those challenges. Exactly. But the conversations at the end of the day are, are, are safer. We can tolerate more when we are in the gospel. Yep. And we will reach out to somebody and say, look, I'm so sorry. I, I, I walked away and I realized, did I make you uncomfortable? Just more awareness and more, again, caring about one another. Yeah, exactly. And so, so that then having these United Services and the complexities that can sometimes come, you know, the technical complexity. Well, how do we do it? How do we do it where it's truly a meaningful service where the language and the complexity of it doesn't get in the way of how we would normally cl- uh, um, connect with the Lord on a Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah. All of those efforts, including these dialogues, including the the hey guys, you know, when we pray, pray about this as well. Right. Then, I don't know. One day at a time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's what I'm trying to help people with like a lot of times people say like hey oh people people that talk about race are you're just doing that to divide us you know and i'm like no 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 no. the whole reason i want to talk about this stuff is because i think it is is absolutely necessary to help unite us that and i think it's like the step i'm trying to and there's 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 more steps but like the step that we need to initially take is to have this step of of seeing like we talked about last week with Courtney of seeing yeah. people having compassion yes. and then being willing to listen and to act mm-hmm. on, on their behalf mm-hmm. and to make their problem my problem. my problem. I think like if we can get ourselves into that perspective and we all have to do that, you mm-hmm. know, it's like, like it doesn't mean that's only like white people's job. That would right. be, that would be absurd. Right. You right. know, right. <laughs> it's all, oh, of, yeah. oh, that yeah. is all of our job. I mean, that would just be, that would be as racist of a thing to, exactly. to say or do. Exactly. Um, exactly. But Absolutely. It, it's all of our job to see one another mm-hmm. and whether that's seeing to, from majority to minority or minority to majority, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is all getting muddied anyways, yes. even in our area where we live now. Right. Right. <laughs> so, um, and it's cool. I love that, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And, um, but like, we really need to be able to, to be willing to take that next step. And I yeah. think if we can, and then we are willing to have some of those hard conversations or awkward moments, you know, then I think we're going to understand each other more and be able to grow through that. And we can see yeah. a more united world now, Absolutely. like we're also have to like be willing to have like more, you know, further steps down the road or see what sort of actions need to be taken, you know, need to take place. But we're not trying to hurt anyone or take something away from people. But Mm -hmm. I do believe that the way of Jesus is to lay yourself down for the good of another. And so if you are in a position of power, like the way of Jesus is to say, I lay down this power or this freedom or this right to lift up one who is is lower or downtrodden yeah. like that's yeah. that's the way of jesus absolutely and, and we so. have to remember that i mean <laughs> we have to this is why the conversations you know this is how the biblical teaching gets applied in everyday situations with this yeah. type of dialogue it's like oh well when scripture talks about this this is a perfect example in which we can live it out yeah exactly and and um you know it is so unnatural to think of others as greater than you <laughs> exactly but can you imagine if we really did? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Amen, brother. That's right? it. Right? I'm just That's it. How many things would we solve? So Right. So good. The 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 battle and the struggle is within. Yep. I mean, ultimately when we see it manifest, it's just like, but no, it's not someone else's problem. Yep. It is my problem. 
because part of my problem is not dying to self. Part of my problem is no, uh, you know, I'm not going to see someone as greater than, you know, getting yeah. involved is inconvenient. Yep. <laughs> and and <laughs> exactly. we may not necessarily say that out loud, but it is sometimes part of the reason why you know, maybe even why we don't evangelize sometimes. Absolutely is. It's just uh, inconvenient. Oh, yeah. Like, oh my gosh, do I really want to open that conversation. It's going to take longer than I, you know, and what if they really start asking me questions and, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And, and, and sometimes even fear of what it is that I think, or I believe, or I know. Yeah. Yeah. And so, because I don't know, I don't want to, I'm just not going to engage whether it is with the gospel or these type of conversations, but that's okay. Even saying, I don't know. <laughs> It's a great thing. I mean, we oftentimes tell people when you're evangelizing, it's even powerful when you say, I don't know the answer to that, but let me find out mm-hmm. and I'll get back to you. Mm-hmm. It demonstrates the growing process of a believer. Mm-hmm. Well, the same is for this. Even in our conversation, you know, I was thinking like, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't know how necessarily how this was going to go. First of all, yeah. it's my first kind of <laughs> podcast experience. Yeah, that's right. But second, there just not even trying to feel just I'm going to show up. Yeah. Because part of me wanted to control absolutely everything and, and, and have an agenda in our conversation. And that's not good because (laughs) then it's not a natural conversation of what comes up in your heart and mind. Yep. And, you know, at the same time, there was a little bit of prep. So we, at least we knew what topic or what topic are we going to discuss? Right. But, you know, is maybe even when people engage in conversations, not necessarily trying so hard for an end result, we're not going to resolve it in one conversation. Exactly. Exactly. But, but boy, you know, a 30 hour conversation, whatever, you know, however much time a person can, it's an investment Yep. and you will walk away blessed mm-hmm. because of that conversation. Even when they make us, those, those conversations can make us uncomfortable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, well, thank you for being willing to come in and have a little over an hour conversation yeah. today about this. And so, uh, yeah, and who knows, maybe we can even just have a, a conversation with me, you, and Courtney at some time or something. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be kind of fun, um, yeah. or, or whoever else. But mm-hmm. just, um, I think that's what we're trying to do here at Calvary is just say, hey, let's let's just, let's have the conversation. Let's be willing to. Yeah. And so we all can be willing to. So yeah. th- thank you for being willing to today, Victor. Thanks, Eric. You got it. I appreciate the invitation. Yeah, and thank you for listening to the Calvary Life Podcast. Thanks again for joining us on the Calvary Life Podcast. If you enjoyed our show this week, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. If you want to learn more about Calvary Church or share any of your thoughts, check us out on our website at calvarylife.org or find us on one of our social media accounts. We're on Instagram at calvary underscore church. Facebook at Calvary Church of Santa Ana, and Twitter at Calvary Life.